If you're tuning in, welcome to Stage Dives, the new podcast brought to you by Smack Media out of Toronto, Canada. We plan to go to the best concerts in the city and beyond to give you a deep dive on our favorite artists, plus all of our favorite stories in the entertainment world. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, where are my Deezer people at? <laughs> Be sure to visit our website at smackmedia.ca where you can find new content and readables from our three-year archive, which means listicles, think pieces, features on classic albums, cool stuff we saw on the internet, the whole nine. We are also starting a mailbag. Email us if you have a story to share from a concert you attended. If it's good, it will be read. You can find our contact on our website. On today's episode, recorded on March 13th, we're going to be breaking down Tyler, the creator, whose Call Me If You Get Lost tour hit Scotiabank Arena last Friday, plus a look at his decade-long roller coaster career, all from two guys who spend far too much time on the internet and far too much money on concerts. Coming right up on Stage Dives. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. I am Aaron Chan, one of Smack's two founders. The other happens to be sitting right next to me for our debut. He's a media critic, writer, social worker, the great Jared Marshall. We're here to talk about Tyler, the Creator's incendiary show at Scotiabank, which completely took over the city on Friday night in Toronto. And it's still taking over the city if it's TikTok is any indicator. (laughs) No one can stop talking about it. Jared's a bit younger than me, I should say. (laughs) Uh, All right. I'm a fucking walking paradox. Could there be a better first line to introduce Tyler, the creator, to our culture? <laughs> His music is abrasive and outrageous. It's also introspective. His genius is undeniable, yet he has a mouth that some would like to wash out with soap. <laughs> His voice, a cross between old dirty bastard and an evil child's toy, <laughs> is outlandish. It's also become central to his iconography and is one of our most distinct but Tyler Gregory Okanma has always been the future, even purely based on the resistance he's met. His journey from a self-taught musician to horrorcore surrealist to ambassador for the confused and angry to renaissance man has not come without friction. His lyrics, which range from chillingly violent to hilariously grotesque to beautifully deep, always seem to be pushing the limits of free speech in the era of the web. His singles include Sandwiches, See You Again, Domo 23, She, Who Dat Boy, What's Your Name, 9-11 Slash Mr. Lonely, Boredom, IFHY, Okra, Potato Salad, Earthquake, Lumberjack, Orange Juice, Death Camp, Lemonhead, After the Storm, Biking, Diaper, and of course, his signature song, Yonkers. But to reduce Tyler, the creator, to the label of blog rapper would be a grave mistake. Simply put... Tyler is a visionary, taking his approach to music and life to any adventure he approaches, from fashion to food to film. Tyler was at the forefront of an era of young black entrepreneurs and artists who used both product, project, and public image to define his identity. He is living, walking, breathing proof that attention to your brand does not degrade the artistry of your music and is actually an extension that helps us to better understand it. During his early days as founder and leader of trailblazing internet rap group Odd Future, his rhetoric was labeled repulsive, irresponsible, violent, unstable, anti-gay, misogynistic, and destructive. Others, like myself, consider him a person who used art to understand himself, working his way through his father's absence and later his own sexuality and masculinity. 
He's been banned from Australia, New Zealand, and the UK. He's left his own shows in cuffs multiple times for disturbing the peace, damaging equipment, loitering, and for inciting unruliness. Call him the black sheep, call him the underdog. Tyler's also had his share of beefs with no notable figures, rappers, dads of rappers, anti-hate groups like Glad and Collective Shout, and even Theresa May when she was still secretary for the UK Home Office. <laughs> She just stayed there. <laughs> Since his emergence, he has integrated himself into our culture as one of his most as one of its most valued influences. Nearly everyone wanted some of his magic. It's a big growing list of the people he's crossed paths with. Kanye, Pharrell, Virgil, Jay, Wayne, Pusha, ASAP, Frank, Erica, Channel Trez, The Internet, Little Uzi Vert, Little Yachty, Schoolboy Q, Kali Uchis, West Side Gun, DJ Drama, Jamie XX, The Weeknd, Playboy Cardi, Charlie Wilson from The Gap Man. Mike Einziger from Incubus, the hell, <laughs> y Young Boy Never Broke Again, Toro Imoa, Miley Cyrus, The Roots, Stereolab, Trash Talk, Mac DeMarco, Mac Miller, Seth Rogen, Gerard Carmichael, Jaden Smith, Brock Hampton, Justin Bieber, Zayn Malik, Eric Andre, Danny Brown, Bootsy Collins, Solange, Goldlink, Harmony Kareen, Henry Rollins, Freddie Gibbs, Santa Gold, and I guarantee you I missed some. Hey, you know what else Tyler's known for? Showmanship and mounting epic, big-budgeted stadium rap shows with complex stage setups and costumes. His current Call Me If You Get Lost tour is selling out venues and receiving terrific reviews for its scale and vision, which can only be described as splashy, featuring the most complex stage props he's ever built. So complex, he had to cancel his Pittsburgh gig because the venue could not accommodate its scale, resulting in 14,000 disappointed people. He's brought along some big openers. R&B sensation Cali Uchis has come up often as a highlight, as has Long Beach Hall of Famer Vince Staples, who were both apparently treated to some incredible lighting rigs. We're going to talk about that. Guitar-slinging fashion rapper Tizo Touchdown, who is such an up-and-comer, he doesn't even have a Wikipedia page yet, <laughs> has the job of opening up for all three of them. Now, the last time Tyler the Creator was in Toronto was for Igor, September 2019, which my co-host Jared attended. Before that, it was the Rico Coliseum, now the Coca-Cola, for her Flower Boy in 2018, which Jared also attended. Sold out show. <laughs> Jared, baby, how was the show on Friday? It, and why is everyone going so gaga over the Call Me If You Get Lost tour? It was spectacular. It was sublime. It was opulence at its finest. Mm. It was the show that I have always wanted to see Tyler put on, and he finally did it. And I couldn't have been happier. I was absolutely riveted from beginning to end. I was riveted when Caliucci, when Vince Staples got on, and then Tyler came in that fucking Rolls Royce Rafe, and it was just lights <laughs> out from there. So you actually haven't been to a concert like most of us in what two years? My first, my first picture. Well, I saw, I saw you. I saw your cover band at, at uh, awesome. I forget the bar, but I'll call the Undercovers. Uh, just a quick plug. Very, very good band. Very yeah, good band. I appreciate that. Uh, but yes, this was my first uh, AAA show. Since uh, concert season ended. How much of your excitement do you think is because you've just been thirsty for live music? And how much of it is because this actually really was the Tyler show that you've been waiting for? I think it's a perfect storm. I think it's a perfect storm because obviously I've been absolutely itching to get back into like, you know, live venues since, you know, the world changed. So it was wonderful to be back. But also, I mean, I'm going to see my favorite musician and by all accounts, one of the best musicians we have currently. Mm. So yeah, operating at like the top of his game, the peak of his powers. I, it, it was, you know, it's, it's hard to say where one ends and the other begins. 
I want to talk about our relationship with Tyler, the creator, because I am 29. Jared, you are 23. 23. Thank the dear Lord. <laughs> Thank the dear Lord. You were dead on. <laughs> I do know him. Uh, at, because we have very different relationships with him as a millennial versus a Gen Z. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I, when Tyler exploded on the scene in 2011, I was 18. I actually remember the day. I don't remember, and it's not like in my memory I had to look it up, but I remember what I was doing on February 11th, and that was watching the Yonkers video. <laughs> uh, I just remember the moment the video hit YouTube. I, I fe- it was probably up in the morning, but I felt like I had seen it just right when it got up. All the blogs just jumped on board. It was so jarring mm. and so bizarre and so cool and so dark and kind of funny. Uh, you know, how he was talking about artists in the pop scene. And he wasn't doing it like Eminem. He was, it was a lot more, no. right? It was a lot more like internet, kind of internet forum troll shit talker. He basically kills Bob. <laughs> oh, B.O.B., yes. B.O.B., like, Bob, he called him Bob. He calls him Bob <laughs> calls him on the Bob. song. And, and, and it's, 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 it's like, yeah, I, we never heard of him after that. After Tyler <laughs> called him the FG word. Uh, he, he was, how he moves, like, he just had, he got, he got like the Stanley Kubrick head tilt and he had that little roach on his finger that he ate. The visual, apparently, I didn't know this at the time, but I found out very shortly after doing the reading that he had directed it himself. He ends the song by hanging himself in the end. It's his introductory single. Just to show you how things have changed, when Jay-Z was shot at the end of the 99 Problems video, people were like, this is too dark. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Tyler literally gets on the stool and hangs himself at the end. You get the feeling that it's not serious, I don't know what it was. His face, the way he was saying things, d- despite it being super dark, it was like it was like this sick joke. Uh, I was like, "Yo, what the fuck is this?" I I don't even think there was a watch again button on YouTube. I literally just dragged the cursor to the beginning and mm-hmm. just sat there and watched it. I was so blown away. I don't even think my head was bobbing. It kind of felt like punk rock for the Tumblr era. Yeah. It, it like just this this the big bang. Yes, the big bang. Um, it was. You could not have imagined a better introduction to the figure who, if you were into alternative music or rap or indie or me, all three, uh, he'd become the better part of our lives for the next decade. So it's crazy. It's crazy to think about how different things were back then. At this, it's 2011. At this point, everyone is now going out and reading about him and our future on the internet. Mm-hmm. They're downloading all of the music. There is so much of it. I remember that night, I was like, we were all talking, all my friends, and I guess it was Facebook I am at that point. And we were we were all like, "Yo, check that one out. This one's Earl. This one's Mellow Hype. This one's Left Brain. Uh, this one's Frank Ocean." There was Nostalgia Ultra hanging around at that time, and it was such a genius move to make it all free, mm-hmm. which is all downloadable. Which is why, and it's just actually why you can't get most of it on streaming now. Revolutionary, revolutionary. Uh, this is also the height of the blogosphere. People leveraged a lot into internet blogs to find out and read about new music. Uh, five days later, literally five days later on the, I believe it was the Friday or the Thursday, they're on Jimmy Fallon. And this is pre tonight show. This is when Jimmy Fallon had, I think it was called late night with Jimmy Fallon. feels like everyone's watching, even though not that many people probably were, uh, their build is odd future yet. There's only two of them. <laughs> <laughs> they go absolutely nuts. Bananas bonkers. Uh, Tyler is screaming and jumping. It's the wolf gang. Wolf. Gang, he's noticeably tall. I, I I remember thinking that because Yonkers, he's sitting down on a stool and it's those long legs, man. Like the long the- legs with the <laughs> socks pulled up all the way, so you can know that the the socks are the ruler. 
uh, he he's flailing around and like aggressively rapping he <laughs> runs by the interview couch i believe the it's like they weren't celebrities on the couch they were just like i think it was uh, the guy who plays alpa in tropic thunder <laughs> Oh really? Yeah, he's the guest, and I just remember him like Tyler running by the couch, and Alpa just being like, "The fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> the guests just look confused. They look confused. They look slash scared as hell. Um, Tyler does his performance in a balaclava before that was a thing. Before everyone starts doing that, like Travis Scott and Kanye, the Roots back him up. I'm like, "Oh, you got the Roots playing your beat." <laughs> um, there's this Japanese ghost girl on stage not dancing not smiling she's just standing there like literally doing nothing mm. you can watch the performance it's online so cool tyler famously jumps on jimmy's back at the end of the performance and just screaming <laughs> and jimmy jimmy walks to the camera with tyler piggybacking on him most death shows up in the frame He's not even a. He's not even booked as a guest that night. I believe he's just like all of us. He just came to watch because he's super, super into like this new, exciting rap movement, rap star, rap group. Just had to be there. He had to be there. I would have been there if I they'd let me in if I could pass security. <laughs> uh, most deaf is a pro walks up to the camera and he goes swag, swag, <laughs> swag. It is just unbelievable. Must see television. <laughs> There's so much industry buzz after that on this group. At this point, they're unsigned, which is just mind-blowing to me. People start to take notice. Steve Rifkind, who runs Loud Records, listeners of the Urban Dialect, they sign Wu-Tang, they sign Mob Deep. He goes, okay, who's these guys? Uh, uh, Jimmy Iovine is paying attention. Rick Ross is paying attention. He's trying to fill his new Maybach music. Waka Flocka is still a thing. <laughs> and he's like he's really interested everyone's ears are perking come back Waka Flocka Waka <laughs> maybe not <laughs> it, so it's just mania mania for this group so Jared were you privy to any of this like you would have been 13 or 14 so uh, actually I would have been 12 ridiculous I was 12 right? years old I scared you uh, well I will tell you a story because I was privy to it I didn't even realize how privy I was to it it was an uh, interesting story. I'm playing Years of War with uh, one of my childhood best friends who I actually, like, I ne I've never met him in person. Uh, he was from Memphis, but that's just how Xbox Live works back then. You just kind of meet people. You gotta and, love it. Absolutely. And we're playing Gears of War. Keep in mind, Gears of War isn't necessarily um, a tame game. It's pretty violent. I, I, I'm pretty desensitized to violence as a 12-year-old at this point. <laughs> but my friend is just muttering these weird weird lyrics to himself he's just going and i'm gonna stab bruno mars in his fucking sarcophagus da, 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 da. And he's just saying all this shit and i just look at him like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> like do you need help like is everything okay <laughs> so i so i i'm trying to figure out what demon has possessed my friend his name uh, austin if you're listening how you doing buddy uh but uh he and thank you for this because you ended up introducing me to one of my favorite musicians but he says to me he's like no 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 dude 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 it's have you heard of tyler the creator i'm like no who's tyler the creator he's like dude look up yonkers and i looked up yonkers and i got to the end of it and you know he hangs himself i hear some of the weirdest lyrics i had ever heard in my life talking about how he's in a threesome with a triceratops and <laughs> And that's just the warm-up round. That's just the opening line. D1. 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 But, uh, you know, from there, he had my attention. Not so much as, well, frankly, I'm 12, so I don't even realize what I'm doing. But what I will go on and look, you know, in retrospect, I, I understand now, is it was my first time kind of following a musician's progression in real time. And I didn't love him. I didn't love him in high school. Uh, I heard things, frankly, I still think Goblin is mostly unlistenable. 
Uh, but I was interested in him not so much as a fan, but as a conscious observer. I was very, very interested to see what he would do next, and I hope it would be something, you know, I mean, because there were singles that I liked, but I was really hoping for him to wow me, and then, well, Flower Boy came out, and, you know, when I was in, when I started college, and <laughs> that was when I was officially a fan, but gonna, I, I gonna, was always interested. We're going to get to Flower Boy uh, just shortly, but I, I, you said, you mentioned the term perfect storm earlier to refer to how excited you were about going to this concert yes perfect storm is probably also his emergence would be a really great way of explaining why we all jumped on board the lyrics for sure the voice the voice the style what he was wearing you never see a rapper wear stuff like the camp cap and the hoodies and the supreme and the, the skatewear absolutely the visuals as well just directing the, all of his videos the videos and like you know everyone talks about the yonkers video but the she video as well it was just like totally unique his videos are unbelievable and I, you know as well like his group he surrounds himself with Earl Sweatshirt and Haji Beats, who are terrific rappers. Mm -hmm. He's got Left Brain, who's a producer, who could actually also has a really dope voice. He's got Sid the Kid as his DJ, who goes yep. on to do the internet, which is one of the coolest groups out there. Uh, he's got Frank Ocean, and I remember people at the time were like, oh, he's like kind of the Nate dog of the group. <laughs> <laughs> Little did they know, yeah, yeah, Frank like, Ocean was going to end up being the generational, the artist yeah. of our generation. I, I really hope we get to do a Frank Ocean episode if he ever comes out of the freaking reclusive woodwork. <laughs> but, Where are you at, Frank? <laughs> right? So I, I so this was February when I heard him. Goblin drops in May. Mm -hmm. It does really well. XL puts it out. That's the home of Adele, Vampire Weekend. They had uh, dropped in Rainbows four years ago. This is just an extremely revered UK label. There's a song, you said it was unlistenable, and I can see why. There's a song on there called Radicals, which features the hook, kill people, burn shit, fuck school, repeatedly. There's another song called Bitch Suck Dick. <laughs> you cannot overstate how crazy it is that this is absolutely the biggest new thing in music. I, I, so, November 2010 is my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Mm -hmm. That drops, and we're all, it's, that is literally on every iPhone, every iPod. That's all anybody is talking about, which is there's no real singles. <laughs> you know, there's not an actual radio single. So it's like, I like Gorgeous. <laughs> I like Devil in the Blue Dress. But somehow, because of the internet, you can't run away from it. You it, can't run away from it. Uh, no, no pun intended. Right. Uh, but like, yeah, like it's literally like it's just it, it's omnipresent in the culture. 100%. So the stage is set in November, I guess. August is Watch the Throne, which is just to show you where Kanye is, is like the, the leading artist of that generation when Tyler is coming up. Between Twisted Fantasy and Watch the Throne, it is just nothing but odd future. Mm -hmm. It is just, that is our life. We are chasing and following the activities of this goofy, crazy, experimental band. It feels like the blogs are pumping out four stories every week. Like, his show got shut down. He released this video. He's going to make uh, potato chips or whatever the hell. <laughs> it's a match made in heaven between a blogosphere who are looking for something that's not a, a singer-songwriter, and here it comes. This is that you can write about this guy infinitely so this is when i see them in concert just on the note of we're gonna obviously be talking about the show i did not go to the show uh unfortunately i really should have but i've seen tyler the creator five times one time on purpose <laughs> <laughs> other other times he had been opening for people or been playing at a festival i'm like ah, tyler's playing we go check that out i remember that first show though it was at the vogue theater in vancouver on granville street kids everywhere mm. kids it was an all-ages show it would have had to been um, like the meeting of like internet underground rap meet uh, with like a metal like energy 
the bass drops on those songs are loud. They're not like Nine Inch Nails loud. They're more like just a low bit MP3, just blaring. And Tyler has like this devil voice rapping these ridiculous lyrics that beg to be recited. They're like a digital Sex Pistols. Oh, that's that's a good one. Digital Sex Pistols, Digital Slayer. Yep. Like, uh, there's a lot of moshing, like way more than I've ever seen or probably have since seen at a rap concert. I was not at Astro World. <laughs> oh, <laughs> too soon. <laughs> Stage diving is the name of this podcast. <laughs> uh, the performers are antagonizing the crowd. Fuck you in the red hoodie. <laughs> uh, like full on metal kids there with like the patches on the jean jacket are headbanging to orange juice, which is a Gucci Mane beat. And you really would not expect anybody at the Gucci Mane show to be headbanging that hard. We're going to talk about more about the show. I want to talk about his career right now, but just because we're on the subject, when you went to the show on Friday, was there a mosh pit? Oh, yes, there was. You, you And there's TikTok footage of the mosh pit that was going on, uh, it's particularly near the end of the show when... Well, actually, it started with people were mod, mossing... Moshing the moment the Tizo touchdown came out, uh, so so it, it, it was it was it was Mosh Central, but yeah, it good was, job it, Tizo. It was crazy, and also one thing that I want to touch on because you were touching on this kind of like this eclectic audience that Tyler encourages. You were also talking about how Tyler kind of has this sort of love hate relationship with his audience, how he kind of like you know he'll antagonize them a little bit. All of this stuff is still there. Wow. Like it's really interesting because he's it, like as much as I have problems, and I think that. Uh, Tyler's early career was very, very rough. You could tell he was building the foundations that led to the big budget show that I just saw. It's all still there. Everything you mentioned is there. And he's only 30. Like, he's not yeah. even, like, like it's true. I don't even think we've seen the best of him yet. Like, no. <laughs> it's, it's For what he's trying to be, like, the visionary, like, it's like, he's not at Life of Pablo era. No. He's like, this is like, he's at Twisted Fantasy. I don't even know if he's at Twisted he's Fantasy. He's at graduation. This feels like graduation. graduation. Yeah. We're about to get an 808. So. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so then comes Cherry Bomb, which everybody hates. I ignored. <laughs> I, like, ignored it. I straight up ignored it. I actually have a friend uh, named Nate who's who was really into Tyler, and he's very much into, like, Krautrock and experimental. Like, it's like he's he's almost running out of things to listen to. He's like, yo, I got this crazy Hong Kong experimental CD from the 80s. Mm. <laughs> but he was super into Cherry Bomb. I feel like I had odd, future, I had odd future fatigue. At that point, I was like, okay, it's 2013. I like disclosure. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm not about this. But you were. You I like was. Cherry. Like, what's, what, Jared, what's your relationship with uh, Cherry Bomb? Okay, I don't necessarily, I don't love Cherry Bomb. Um, there are some tracks on it that I really, really do enjoy. Uh, my relationship with Cherry Bomb, it was, once again, this kind of consciously observing Tyler. And when I heard Cherry Bomb, the first track on it is Def Camp. Mm, that's a single. It's it, a yeah, and it's it's this punk rock track, and I was like, "Whoa, what the fuck is this? This yeah. is like it was unlike anything that he had done up until that point." I think it makes sense that someone like your friend Nate would absolutely—is this Nate Kramer? No, oh, <laughs> my bad. Um, it's but, not. This is Nate Drobner, aka Astrological. <laughs> gotcha. I can see why someone who you know was digging that deep in the crates for something new would love Cherry Bomb. I can see why Cherry Bomb had the reaction it had from the general public and critics. Uh, I think... So are we we're going to go into what Cherry Bomb means to his career now? Is that... Yeah, I gonna... think that was a great time to sort of talk about Cherry... I mean, because it's definitely had... It's been reappraised. Yes, right? it, ha it has been reappraised. Uh, and I think it is probably the most important part of Tyler's career. Wow. Because why would... Uh, most important... So far, 
The turning point, would you call it? The turning point. The rubber sole. It's absolutely, a rubber sole. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And I think it's for a couple of reasons. I think it's both for him as a musician and him as a persona. It is the moment where he turns a page. Before Cherry Bomb, Tyler is obviously influenced by a lot of different things. He's influenced by cartoons. He's influenced by jazz music. But there's this... He, I wouldn't call Tyler an art house musician up until this point. There's mm -hmm. kind of an irony to him. Mm. He goes on Sway in the Morning and talks about Wolf, which Wolf by no means is a bad record. Wolf oh, sorry, I forgot. Wolf is before Cherry Bomb. Wolf is before Cherry okay. Bomb. So Wolf dropped and then Cherry Bomb. He's and you know I go back and listen to Wolf sometimes, and Wolf Wolf is by no means a perfect record, but he's doing some really interesting stuff on Wolf. Uh, you can feel kind of like the seeds of Flower Boy kind of starting to plant on Wolf. Right. But he goes on Sway in the Morning and he says that he was trying to make the worst record ever. <laughs> he also does the hot dog freestyle on Sway in the Morning, which is just, if you haven't heard the hot dog freestyle, it's one of the craziest, most hilarious things you will Let, ever hear. Yo, let's play a clip of that right let's now. Let's do it right now. Real nigga, I got y'all. Hit a nigga, eat a hot dog. AK-47, shoot a nigga. Fuck you and your crew, nigga. Y'all niggas, weak as fuck. I come through in a pink-ass truck. Big rims, big body. Y'all niggas, 12-day shotty. Pow, pow, to a nigga dome. Run up, to a nigga home. Nigga know his bitch a bitch. And I'm a dog, I get a bitch a bone. Arf, arf, bark, bark. Can't see a nigga in the dark, dark. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, 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 to, I, to this, just one of the funniest, most bananas, like, it's almost satirical. It's, it, it, and, and that's kind of Tyler's career up to this point. He's like, he's a rapper, but he's also kind of a, a satire, not just of hip hop culture, but just of cultural in general. It's like, he's kind of like consuming everything and regurgitating it back to us with this kind of, in this kind of very ironic and goofy way. But he does cherry bomb and i don't know it starts to get you know when cherry bomb comes out you start to hear that he's playing with different chord structures and different you know he's doing these funky bridges and he's pulling more from his influences of jazz and also kraut rock and as we were mentioning with def camp punk music all of these weird things that you would not really expect to hear on a hip-hop record pre to pimp a butterfly like this is like this is very 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 interesting stuff and you can tell tyler really and he talks about it tyler really really cared about this record this was like the first time where it kind of felt like he was taking himself seriously as a musician mm -hmm. and everyone fucking hated it yeah. it was a fucking it was panned yeah. pitchfork was oh. unimpressed like three point something mm, it was like a like i think they gave it like a six but right. pitchfork was also like an early advocate for tyler i think they put yonkers and best new music you're absolutely right yeah so pitchfork turning on tyler is kind of a weird move the guardian uh infamously reviewed it in 30 hours panned it anthony fantano says who is who has become quite an advocate of tyler's music said it was his worst record to date still stands by that Tyler got on Twitter and started tearing apart critics. He started going, oh, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, how do you listen to an album in 30 hours? Well, it's the first time that Tyler felt like his ego was bruised. And we could see it on a public stage. And you can see he's kind of like taking the stance of fuck critics. But he's also saying to himself, I'm never going to let them do this to me ever again. Because mm. this, was, this was too much. And, you know, Aaron, you like comedy. Uh... <laughs> As do most people. As do most people. <laughs> As do most people. But I just, you know, you are a big, big, you know. Comedy nerd, you would you, call me. I would call you a comedy scholar, is what I would oh, call that's you. That's very nice of you. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, I, I like to get stoned and dick around. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you and I would both agree that 
the truly great comedians, the really, really great ones, know what it's like to bomb. And they ha- kind of have to bomb in order to kind of figure out what works, what doesn't work, and you know who they are as an 100%. artist. 100%. Absolutely. 100%. And I think, it, I think it was the same with Tyler. I think Tyler, I think Tyler had to be humbled a bit. Do you think that's why they called it Cherry Bomb? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think Tyler thought it was going to be a huge hit. Like, like it would blow up like a firework. Uh, yeah, like a cherry I, bomb. I think Tyler thought it was going to be a huge hit. And I think in kind of this uncompromising, I'm just going to do what I want. Uh, and if people don't get it, well, fuck them. I think he kind of alienated some of his crowd. And I think Flower Boy was kind of him going, well, I'm going to still pull from these influences, but I'm going to couch them. I'm going to put, I'm going to, you know, put a nice kind of pop veil over my influences. You know, he started listening to a lot of Max Martin. He was going to clubs and watching the reactions of how Mm. people would react to pop music. Mm -hmm. He says this all to an interview to Jared Carmichael. He was doing this because he wanted to understand pop music so he could end up making something that was true to him, but could also be a hit record. And I think you, you don't get Flower Boy without Cherry Bomb. Well, that actually, you, you transitioned us really nicely to Flower Boy. <laughs> yeah. Which is, so Cherry Bomb's what, 2013? 14? No, 2015. Wow. I'm... T- 2015. Because he releases a record every two years. And I remember Flower Boy was 2017. Wow, that is very astute of you to realize that he skips the years like that. I've been staring I at think his discography and I did not notice I that. I think he's done it since Goblin. I That's think absolutely I think, insane. It's I 11, think, 13, 15, 17, 19, 21. Yep. Igor's 19. Igor's 19. That's just like Aluma what? Illuminati? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's it, it's almost like he he's kind of like like he's militant about it. Like it's like I don't think he's broken that since Goblin. It makes sense though. You need that year mm-hmm. to tour. You need that year to work on the next one. So Flower Boy drops 2017, and a lot of people consider that to be his magnum opus, mm-hmm. uh, which means his best song, best album. Sorry, greatest greatest piece of work thus far. <laughs> uh, uh, you said Cherry Bomb was the turning point. A lot of people would call Flower Boy the turning point. They're not as smart as you. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. That. I, I think people would be just as accurate to say that that's the turning point. I friend. take it back. I take it yes. back. <laughs> it's a gateway drug. The, the gateway, right? To Tyler, the creator. For a lot of people, to Tyler. You I were... think it's Gen Z's introduction to Tyler. Right. Uh, you're saying, you were saying that the Flower Boy songs at the show got a huge response. Absolutely. Particularly uh, Boredom and Who Dat Boy. Um, why? why is, is, do, you think, do, you think that's, do you think that's because... It was the gateway from a lot of the kids there. I do, I do, and I think it shows the dichotomy of Tyler the Creator. It shows that he can make this hard, hard-hitting rap anthem that's dark and gritty and angry and violent, and on this very, very weird beat. It shows kind of the volatility of Tyler, and boredom shows the sophisticated side of Tyler, the music scholar, the the uh, the dude who pulls from seven different influences and manages to make it cohesive into one neatly uh, constructed package that's just beautiful to your ears. It, it, anything you want from Tyler, especially in his most like recent incarnations, are in those two songs. And I think that's why they had such a strong reaction. He played both of them. Yep. Um, I think back... No, not back-to-back, but yes. He, he, played, play, he played both of them in the night. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the things that are allowing... that the, 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 the landscape that allowed for a record like Flower Boy to hit Important. versus something like Cherry Bomb. And I just want to give you an idea of how popular music was evolving in the year that led up to Flower Boy, which the year leading up to was 2016. Here's a list of albums that I pulled that came out in 2016. Are you ready for this? Of course. Life of Pablo, Anti by Rihanna, Lemonade, Views, Blonde and Endless. We don't even get a Kendrick, we get, 
We haven't had a Frank Ocean album in five years. He drops two. <laughs> we get a moon-shaped pool, which was the last Radiohead record. We get a seat at the table, which is the album that most people would say was the best of the year. Oh, good. Starboy by the weekend is global ma- phenomenon. Twenty-four karat magic. It's the reinvention of Bruno Mars. Ninety-nine point nine percent, which won the Polaris. Terrific Catronata record. Mm. Malibu by Anderson Pack is out in January. The next week we get Black Star, David Bowie's final record. Oh my God! <laughs> in the fall, right around Trump time, we get. Tribe's final record. Perfect timing. (laughs) Yeah, right? And for that SNL appearance. We get Puberty 2, the introduction of Mitski, one of like the uh, household indie names. Puberty 2 was 2016? (laughs) What the fuck? Sorry, keep going. Puberty 2, please. We get Untitled Unmastered. (laughs) Oh, fuck! (laughs) Which 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 is literally like... A bunch of fucking odds and ends from Tapipa Butterfly. It's better than most rap records we've ever heard. We get tw- <laughs> we get twenty two a million by Bonnie Vera, which actually makes us question what music is. <laughs> we get Joanne, the reinvention of Lady Gaga. Oh we get God. the penultimate Mac Miller record in the Divine Feminine. Yep. We get Major Key, which is kind of DJ Khaled's coming out party. There's like you can't even count on your fingers and toes the amount mm-hmm. of stars that are on that record. Dangerous Woman by Ariana Grande mm-hmm. is also out that year. Uh, and to cap it off, Awaken My Love, the transformative childish Gambino oh record. Oh my god. Have you listened to that recently? It's no. aged so well. I'm sure it has because it's really rooted 50 years ago. Yes. Uh, it, it just seems at this point with all those albums, everyone's tastes are just elevating to an unbelievable level. Pop music is not a taboo term to the indie crowd. It's just as respectable as ever. Mm-hmm. I, you know, the, the, the four biggest artists are Kanye, Rihanna, Beyonce, and Drake. You, you might be able to say The Weeknd would be the fifth. They all drop a huge record. Yep. Um, all the millennials are in their 20s at this point. All the Gen Zs are in high school. It's just like everything is just set so perfectly. The stage is set so perfectly mm-hmm. for Tyler to put out something really sophisticated and elegant, and everyone's just ready for it. So a couple questions on this. Were you aware that 2016 was so jacked? Uh, you know, here's the thing. Uh, I was talking to you about this the other day. Uh, it makes me think of that that line that Nicolas Cage has in Raising Arizona, how you don't know that you're in the salad days until the salad days are over, which mm-hmm. not to reference Mac DeMarco or anything, but like, you know, it, it, it's a hundred percent. I knew that I was listening to great music in 2016. I didn't realize that. I would end up looking back at 2016 and say that was probably the best year I've ever had as a music listener, just at least in my lifetime. It's it's just it, I I had no idea how stacked it was gonna be, and looking back on it, I still it's fuck I don't know it's, it's crazy. It was almost too much. Almost. It was like almost too much. I, I don't listen to half these things. Hmm. I, a lot of it was on the radio. I I was working in the kitchen ten to twelve hours a day at this point, and. The cooks that I worked with were super into hip-hop, and they introduced me to Trap. Love them to death. Still do. Uh, but Life of Pablo, Untitled Unmastered, Half of Views, <laughs> Blonde, they're just on all the fucking time, I, on rotation. Like, how crazy is it, Aaron? And, uh, you know, for the viewers, uh, Aaron and I are both pretty huge Radiohead fans. How is it that in 2016, a new Radiohead album was probably, like, the temp thing we were listening to that I year. I didn't give a shit about it. I just remember me like, Burn the Witch is cool. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I loved a moonshape pool. Like, I loved it. But, like, once again, like... You just didn't have time. You and didn't like, have time. I was 24. This is me going to the bar and the club more than I ever have. So, like, I don't really have time for Bonnie Vare. This is not really what I'm doing. But, you know, 
there was a lot of hotline bling. Mm. There was a lot of one dance. There was a lot of work by Rihanna. There was a lot of father stretch my hands part two and one. Uh, I'm so jealous. I mean, I would have been what, like 17 or 18, so I wasn't even allowed into the club. You would have yet. heard those songs at the at the the, the dance where you get to grind up <laughs> at the prom. <laughs> at the prom. Uh, yeah, just absolutely insane. I, uh, by the way, Lemonade. I remember also just not being able to get it because it was on title. Oh, Lemonade. I think Lemonade. I think Lemonade for me, once again, uh, a Lemonade. Listening to it as an 18 year old, I just I respected it more than I like understood it. Yeah, I was just so impressed by like the versatility of it. And it's easily one of the top five records of that year. And probably, like, one of the top ten records of the decade. So, I kept saying that the stage is set for Tyler. But my real question here is, is was the stage set for him? Or did Tyler set the stage? Ooh, that's a tough question, because it's kind of both. It's kind of both. Because on one end, I mean, for we were just talking about boredom. You hear a track like Boredom, and I know Salad Days didn't come out in 2016. Or at least I don't think it came that's out. the Mac DeMarco... That would have been, he had released two, and then Salad Days was 2017, I believe. Absolutely. Double check. That makes sense. Imagine that. Yeah, okay. Around that that era. Um, But, you know, you hear a track like Boredom, and it's basically Tyler's Chamber of Reflection. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, it's it's not Tyler ripping on Taylor Chamber of Reflection, but you can tell Tyler's very influenced by the DIY movement of this time. He's uh, he's influenced by Blonde by Frank Ocean. I know he's talked extensively. I mean, Frank Ocean's obviously one of his best friends. Six Feet from the Moon. By King Cruel, dropping, I think, 2014 or 13. Mm-hmm. There's also, like, you can tell Tyler was just all about Archie. Oh, I mean, well, when the ooze came out, Tyler he, Tyler was the one of the ooze. biggest proponents Isn't of the ooze. Is he on the ooze? No, he's I, not on the ooze. No, no he's no. not on the ooze. But, you know, when I saw Flower Boy, um, before Tyler came on stage, you could tell he just had the ooze on. Uh, like, he would literally just, like, while we were waiting for him to come on, the ooze was just, he just he just, he just started on with, uh, what's the fucking? A dumb Surfer? No, dumb not, surf- a Dumb Surfer was played. Check one? Uh, yeah, probably check one. Definitely half man, half shark. So you're saying this is playing? This is all playing while we're waiting for Tyler. That's so, crazy. And you know, you can tell like these are like you know these musicians are clearly, clearly influencing his music. But also, Tyler set the stage for a lot of the for for this kind of movement. I uh, obviously you don't get Frank Ocean without Tyler because you don't get Frank Ocean without Odd Future. But just you know the DIY aesthetic and pop up shops. Also, everyone having to be more than just a musician. You kind of like, you know, we live in a, you know, in a world and in and in, in the, the state of music currently. You kind of have, it's not just you're respected if you're a, a renaissance man or a renaissance woman or a renaissance non- non-binary person. Um, mm-hmm. You kind of have to be to get noticed. And Tyler kind of really starts that. And yeah, so it, 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 I think Tyler takes influence from a world he created is, is the way that I would put it. Got it. So it's like kind of a what would you call that? A cash twenty two, or like it? Or no? Yeah. It's, like, it's like a what do you call it? Like a symbiotic relationship. Defi- yeah. That's a better way of putting it. Yes, <laughs> there's definitely a symbiotic relationship between. And one in 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 one aspect, I think Tyler is possibly the most influential American musician of the past ten years, or at least in in the conversation of his generation. Of his generation. Yeah. Of his generation. Uh, and on the other hand, I think Tyler is very influenced by everything around him. He's kind of a David Bowie in that way, how he kind of just draws from whatever he can get his hands on. You mentioned you, we mentioned King Cruel, we mentioned Mac DeMarco. There's also Steve Lacey. Yep. There's also Tame Impala. Yep. There's Claro. There's yep. Cosmo Pike. He, I love that guy. Mm-hmm. There's Rex Orange County, and that guy is literally 
on Flower Boy. He's literally like, no, I'm going to pick you up. I hire you. And now you're going to sing. It's, it, he's a big part of that he's record. He's a big, big part of that record. And he's a big reason that that record, is, I, I don't want to say, he's not the only reason that record is so good, but he's instrumental into it. And it, <laughs> ends up, it ended up playing out good for Rex Orange County because, I mean, that album made him a star. 100%. Now, Frank Ocean takes off in July 2012 with Channel Orange, and Tyler's close association adds another piece to the puzzle. Blonde drops in 2016. You can't deny the impact of that on something like Flower Boy. 100%. This is also when he starts hanging out with ASAP Rocky a lot, mm. who he had previously had beef with. Now, ASAP Rocky, for, I mean, very omnipresent person in our culture. Love him to death as well. Uh, he lives in England and is very integrated into high society yep. and living large and like high fashion brands and like like uh, couture and like um, five star restaurants. I feel like he very much also impacted and inspired a lot of Tyler's uh, activity. This is obviously before ASAP was incarcerated well, in Sweden, <laughs> which ends up being instrumental to Tyler as well. But uh, it's interesting that you say that because kind of pre-Flower Boy and pre his relationship with ASAP Rocky, Tyler's kind of spinning in the face of high society. Mm. Post-Flower Boy and post his relationship with ASAP Rocky. And mm. I'm sure there's other factors at play too. And they're and tight. They're like best buddies. They are. Yeah. They are. Um, uh, it feels like Tyler starts to kind of ingratiate himself with high society and, and you know, like, uh, you know, like European fashion labels and European cars and all, all of this, you know, all of this like regalia starts like really like uh, implementing itself into his music and his personality. 100%. This is also um, through which album? Through, through, through Flower Boy, where he pseudo comes out as gay, which, mm -hmm. <laughs> which by the way, it, that was so low key. I didn't even know. By the way, I take that back. Maybe not gay, but like, say, say queer. Yeah, like, queer, queer, queer would be queer, the word queer, for it. Yeah. Queer, thank you. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm glad I fixed that so we don't get canceled. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think anyone's going to cancel you, but sorry. No, go I mean, on. like, this, the podcast yes, itself, yes. not like me in society. <laughs> uh, he pseudo comes out as queer, which is so low key. Like, I didn't even know that was a thing until you told me two years later <laughs> because because like part of me thinks that he's just fucking with us because he, he never gives the media a straight answer and mm -hmm. it's based off of like two or three lyrics I, I wanted to get your feel I, I think you had some interesting things to say about um tyler coming out and what coming out means now so i actually have to disagree with you okay. uh, i think it was uh, the complete opposite of low-key it was the only thing anyone was talking about the two weeks before flower boy came out got it because i just missed all of it yeah because yeah. flower boy flower boy leaked and before flower boy was officially released that's everyone joe budden was talking about it joe budden yeah. yes oh, joe God. budden was on his podcast not saying anything mean our rival <laughs> our, yeah i know it, it's 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 joe budden joe and then Rogan. smack yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh but uh yeah it, it it's it, it was a big thing on people's mind but i think the reason that it comes across as low-key is because tyler didn't necessarily make a big deal about it tyler just started talking about it in his music he he his identity you know played a huge part into uh flower boy and part of his identity is his sexuality and that came that came out in the lyrics and i think tyler just you know you can't really put tyler in a box you can't put anyone in a box and sexuality is something that you know sexuality is very fluid sexuality is a spectrum you know these are you know the topics of the day and i think tyler was <laughs> tyler's music was very uh i, I shouldn't that's a bit facetious of me to say that but no, yeah, yeah. My, my my point being you know this is serious serious conversations that we're having and i think the way that tyler went about it is very indicative of the way that we're having this conversation it didn't 
take the forefront of his music. No. It didn't take the forefront of his persona. He didn't go on TV. No, he didn't he go didn't on... He didn't release a statement. Didn't make a big deal about it. No. He just wanted to talk about it. He and just started talking about he it. He just started talking about yeah. it. And I, I, I thought it, it, it led to some really interesting songs and really interesting lyrics. Some funny lyrics, too. What the one lyric on... Uh, I ain't got time where he's talking about this next lyric. Well, that will happen. Like, whoa, I've been kissing white boy since 2004. Like, great. That's a, that's a bar. It's an amazing bar. I remember bar. that. We're all like, we're like uh, oh, what? <laughs> it's so good though. It's so good. And yeah. hundred percent. Uh, which then comes Igor. Then comes Igor. Then comes Igor, which is a, a hugely affirmative moment for Tyler, where he takes on this really big outlandish alter ego. By the way, I'm just gonna be honest with you. I was also not tuned into this. I just remember my partner here, Jared was, obsessed with Igor, the character, the album, the music, the tour. Jared, you're going to give us one or two minutes on Igor. Like, oh, like, like what, happily. What, what, what is it, like, for the people that don't even, like, what the hell? Igor, to most people, is Frankenstein's assistant. <laughs> what, what is it? Where does he find himself? How does Igor change things? Well, Igor, to me, and uh, this might be a stretch for some people, but uh, we were just talking about Radiohead. And to me, Igor is kind of like... Kid A wow, for big. Gen Z. That's huge. And here's why I say this. Radiohead comes on the scene with OK Computer in 1997. They and... come on the scene before, but... Oh, okay they come computer, on the scene okay before. OK is like the big, the big yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be Flower Boy. That would be Flower Boy. Please, and please and here, here's my thing with OK Computer. OK Computer is strange. It's different. It's unlike anything that we had heard in rock music, but it's also paying homage to Queen. It's paying homage to the Smiths. Pink Floyd. Uh, Pink Floyd, yeah. R.E.M. It's different... But it's also very much a natural progression of rock music, and everybody loves it. And from that point on, we're in. We're all in. And instead of doing OK Computer 2, Radiohead said, fuck it. We're going to take a total left turn. We're not going to release any singles. We're just going to drop it, and we're going to see what happens. And we were sold on them. Or I shouldn't say we, but the, cr- the audience was sold on them. Believe me, we were sold on them. <laughs> and it went number one. Very, very, very similar to Flower Boy and Igor. Flower Boy is, once again, it's weird, but it's also very much a natural progression of rap music. It's a natural progression of R&B music. It's a natural progression of pop music. And from that point, it doesn't go number one, but the fan base is there. People are ready to see what Tyler does next. Drops Igor, no singles, goes number one. He beats DJ fucking Khaled. He beats DJ Khaled with Igor, which there is nothing to this day, nothing sounds like Igor. Nothing sounds like it. The way that it's mixed, it's a bit rough, but it's not muddled. It, it, there, there's a lot going on, but it's not convoluted. Yeah. Tyler masters the concept record mm. on Igor. Uh, he takes the, sorry, you looked like you were about to. No, 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 I'm agreeing. I'm like, I'm, I'm in for this. A hundred percent. No, 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 no. He, what do you call it? He masters the concept record. He takes, cause you know, con- Tyler had always kind of played around with the concept, but it always kind of feels a bit convoluted, a bit contrived. Even with Flower Boy, it felt a bit contrived. I think what he realized is the, uh, the, the key to mastering concept record is simplicity. He picks a very simple concept, the idea of a love triangle takes that to like the up team wherever he can go with it he goes with it and it's just i don't know it's just so he i, I get flustered talking about it the the persona he, he it's almost like we've talked about this it's kind of like 
like a modern, and I'm using all these comparisons, but it's very much like his Ziggy Stardust mm. with its a character, character, its outfit, costume, the androgyny, the andro- wow, the wow. Uh, the protagonist, the protagonist potentiality yeah. of it. He has to kill it eventually. Yes, he has to kill the character, the sublime nature of it. He doesn't necessarily kill it. He puts it to bed. He puts it to he bed. Puts it to bed. He hangs the hangs the teeth up. He hangs the teeth up. He hangs the wig up. He hangs the wig up. He hangs the wig up. And yeah, it's just, it's just, it's, it, to me, it's his best work. It's his most complete work. Wow. And it's just, yeah, it's also an album that it's amazing that it went number one because it doesn't really have any bangers. Like you hear like a song, like a song, like I ain't got time on Flower Boy. And this is such a clear, like, you know, this is meant to like get people losing their shit at a concert. The closest thing to a banger on Igor is what's good. And it sounds like Dracula should be rapping on the beat. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, he is. And he is. He is. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh, what, what, what else could I say? I think it's where Tyler turns himself into uh, not a god, but just uh, like, you know, this rock star. A rock, star. a rock star. He's a rock star. What was it like seeing that live, Igor live? Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Uh, it was still, because here's my thing with Tyler's live shows, because I've seen him for Flower Boy, I've seen him for Igor, and I've now seen him for Call Me If You Get Lost. Flower Boy was embarrassing, not because not because of Tyler. Tyler put on a great show, but he's one of the biggest musicians in the world by the time Flower Boy comes out, and he's playing at a stadium that, frankly, and there's nothing wrong with the Rico or now the Coca-Cola Coliseum, but it's below his belt. He should have been playing the Scotiabank. Just to interrupt you, believe me, there's a lot of things wrong with the Coca-Cola Coliseum. <laughs> and fair enough, and fair enough, and, and maybe we can get into Security that. being one. <laughs> and maybe we can... But my, but my point is, it, it almost felt like there was not really a lot of money being put into it. Mm. I mean, the stage was beautiful, but yeah. there wasn't really, just, there, you know, there was like, you know, very pretty lights, a lot of nature uh, imagery. But it's kind of like what you saw is what you got. And it also, he's playing a sold out show. Why is he not at the Scotiabank Arena? Why was he not in Madison Square Garden? Was he not ready at this point? And then the Igor tour, you can tell he's got more money, but it was very minimal. There was, I mean, one use of pyrotechnics, some pretty cool stuff with curtains, and obviously the costume. But it was a very, very minimal show. And it's just I, him, right? It, just him on the stage. Exactly. Yeah. And that, and that's fine. I mean, Tyler is an incredible performer. So honestly, you could put him on an empty stage, and he's going to have you fucking losing your shit. Yeah. But it was very much like, you know, Tyler, one thing that is so appealing about Tyler is the maximalism. And the exuberance. Maximalism. Yep. I mean, Igor is a very minimalist record, so maybe that's why he chose a minimalist stage. But I wanted to see the stuff that Tyler was doing in his videos and the stuff that was inside Tyler's head and the colors of his fashion. I wanted to see that all come out on stage. And I finally got that with Call Me If You Get Lost. Well, we're we're, we're actually just about to get there. I think we should take a short break and then we'll get into the concert. How's that sound, Jer? That sounds great. All right. All right, Jared, let's talk about the show. Okay. The moment that everyone who was actually at the show or at the tour is probably waiting for right now. Uh, let's uh, let's start with the set list. Uh, oh, boy. What a set list. Yeah, we, we, really, right? I have it right in front of us so we can both look at it. Uh, we were talking about this before you hit the show um, because I had seen the set list. Jared is a good boy. He doesn't look <laughs> at the set list before he goes. I don't know how he does it. I want to be surprised. I want to, you know. You want to be surprised that when he played Yonkers? <laughs> No, but like, listen, I, w- I wasn't, ex- read the chat list and, and I'll tell you what didn't I, I, I know exactly what, what you mean. I, I like, yes, I, I'm not when Harry met Sally, by the way, and reading the last page of the book in case I die and not finding out how they end <laughs> Uh, okay. So we, we were talking about this before you, we, before we hit the show, before you hit the show. And I'd already seen the set list, by the way, the set list remains unchanged. 
uh, through the night. So if you don't want to know what the set list is, like you're, if you're Jared, hit that 15 second button <laughs> uh, a couple times. Uh, but um, we thought that Tyler is now one of the artists that deserves kind of a career spanning set, like Jay Z or Kanye West or Drake. We're gonna talk about Radiohead again. Radiohead <laughs> for sure do this. You uh, two, like the Rolling Stones, obviously Beyonce, the, the big rock acts, Beyonce, Rihanna will do it. They will play at least one song from each album, and usually singles, sometimes deep cuts, all their off tracks, maybe some features, and you get the really good skinny, the really good 360 on the whole career. And I just remember walking out of some of those shows where they do the career, and you just go, fuck, man. They really are one of the best. Mm-hmm. And, and that's that's what a great set list can do. And apparently, this is what we got. Uh, it, it, it's, it's a really good set list, uh, how he's divided the songs up by era. Uh, he didn't play an encore, and he used the B stage instead. So he opens with Call Me If You Get Lost Tracks. He goes, Sir Baudelaire, Corso, Lemonhead, Hot <laughs> Wind Blows, Lumberjack, Massa, What's Your Name? So he's just like, here's my album. Let's get these out of the way. <laughs> kind of it name. picks like some of the best songs off the album right too. which is a very very good album we're going to talk about more on the album because it's obviously on subject for the tour uh he gets on the boat for what's your name the boat is rocking Ugh. it's a it's it's a stage prop it is a boat that travels through the arena while everyone is screaming and the phones are up and yeah everything. yeah because I, it, yeah, yeah go on go ahead go ahead well, yeah because there. basically it, it looks you know it kind of reminded me of like moonrise kingdom because there's kind of there's the house, <laughs> yep. and then the house is at like you know one end of the arena, and then there's kind of this space between. It goes between the house to like the middle of the arena, and then there's kind of this beach, uh, and that's where the boat travels from. It basically travels from the house to the beach. From the house to the beach. Yeah. So yeah, Moonrise Kingdom was an interesting one. I guess we can talk about it now before we continue with the set because this is when he gets on the boat. He must be a massive Wes Anderson fan. Oh, completely. How he dresses. All the commercials that are coming up for the funny friend. hats, the funny hats, and the wigs totally, totally Wes Anderson, and the colors, the colors the as colors. well, so and just the 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 kind of the the meticulousness and the symmetry. Ooh, the, yeah, the the meticulous is a really good the t- attention to detail he gives. Yes, um, this is where it starts to get really interesting. He gets off the boat. He's now at the middle of the arena. Mm-hmm. Jared, uh, he did. A, Jared did a takeover. And I could see where he was sitting, not to mention my our management bought the tickets. <laughs> so I know exactly where he was. Thanks, management. More or less, and you're in it. <laughs> more, more or less, it is across from the arena where Jared is seated from the stage. And the boat basically takes Tyler to right in front of Jared's face to do a really great stretch of songs. Here's what he does when he gets on this little B stage, which, by the way, is meant to look like a beach or a park. Yeah, like a beach. A beach, like a, maybe a shitty beach. Like a beach with like a lot, like kind of like if you go to like a patch of land where there's a kind of like a lot of like grass and weeds Ooh, coming on the beach. The so big like, log you can sit on. Yes. Okay. Thank absolutely. You. I'm from Vancouver. <laughs> uh, boredom. He plays Boredom and 911 See You Again off of Flower Boy. Mm-hmm. Then comes IFHY, She, Smuckers, Yonkers, Bimmer, Rusty, Tamale, which are all. Uh, early career stuff. He plays a medley of those songs. Yeah, he does. He basically from about from she to Tamale is like kind of like he's playing a verse of this and then a verse of Yonkers and then a verse of Rusty. Very Kanye. Very Kanye. And he mentions, I saw in the video footage that she was originally intended for Snoop Dogg. Not shocked at all. Yeah. Totally makes complete sense. Snoop Dogg would not have been able to make that work. (laughs) I can just see Snoop Dogg's face being like, 
What the hell is this? <laughs> and that's what, and that, and that, and that, and that's why I think Lil Wayne is so attracted oh. to Tyler because Lil Wayne, like Tyler, the weirdness. Uh, yeah, you, and with Hot Wind Blows, Tyler gives Lil Wayne this kind of avant-garde jazz track and says, "Hey, Wayne, can you spit over this?" And Wayne goes, "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> and he just makes it work. Is that on Igor? No, it's on. Uh, it's on. Uh, Call me if you get lost. Is Hot it Wind Lil Blows. Wayne? Wow, Lil yeah. Wayne or Lil Uzi? Lil Wayne. Wow, that's. Really? Wow. Okay. So then he gets, so once again, right? IFHY, which by the way, he's played 175 times in concert. His most played track. It is his most played track. Tamale is his second at 170 and Yonkers is he's played 149 times. He plays all three of those on the B stage. Uh, how nuts are everybody going for these? Oh, people are losing their shit for I fucking hate you. Uh, obviously they go crazy for Yonkers. Yeah. He only has one verse. Uh, only one verse, yeah. only the first verse from Yonkers. Not and the pitchfork verse. Not the pitchfork verse. <laughs> uh, not the pitchfork verse. Uh, uh, and then Tamale, I think that's more, I, I don't know if people necessarily lost their shit for Tamale, but obviously. What else do you do to that song? You just, you just, you just, you just jump. You yeah, just jump just up and fail. down. But like, I guess what I mean is like people are spitting all of the lyrics of Yonkers. They're spitting all of the lyrics of Iffy. Right. They're not so much, you know, obviously we're all yelling, Tamale, Tamale. <laughs> uh, like, you know, that, but that, that, it doesn't quite, Quite the same reaction as the other two aforementioned tracks, I don't think. I could hear you shouting all of the lyrics in your Instagram story that you did for us. Yeah, I was losing my shit. <laughs> I was losing like, my shit. Oh, that's Jared. <laughs> uh, um, so then he plays a song called I Thought You Wanted to Dance. You know that one? Oh, it is possibly the best song he's ever recorded. From what album? It's from Call Me If You Get Lost. It's this 10-minute... So it's the second half of the track that he played. But it's basically this 10-minute fusion of ska... Reggae, Wait, this is not R and B. This is not Wiltshire. No, not Wiltshire. So there's two really long tracks on. Call yeah, the, and this and uh, and for my money, sweet, uh, sweet, and I thought you wanted to dance is probably the best track on the album, possibly the best track he's ever recorded. Wow. So he does it. He does it. He gets back on the boat. Yep. The boat takes him back to the stage. He plays Who Dat Boy. <laughs> and God. the pyro is going. There's flames on the stage. I mean, because it, 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 he did the same thing for e when he did it on Igor. I think just pyro is just going to be connected to that track for as long as he lives at this point. You got to get the fire going for that. It goes off for the gunshot, for the first gunshot of wow. the song. Yeah. Oh, you mean like the big flame where you can cut? Do you, can you feel it? Could you uh, feel the heat? Uh, no, oh, I, I couldn't, but, you def but if you were in general admission, you could definitely feel Unbelievable. it. Unbelievable. Yeah. Then he goes earthquake. No, sorry. Then he goes, I think. Earthquake, New Magic Wand, run it up. He knows the value of the Igor tracks. Absolutely. Before Igor's That's why he saves it for the end. Yeah. What was the best part of the set list? What was your favorite song Ooh, he played? See, this is this is tough. This is tough because it's so consistent. There's like, you know, most concerts, you and I have been to a lot of concerts, Aaron. There's usually a couple of places where it's like, okay, maybe we can. <laughs> Let's go get a beer. Yeah. Take a piss. All right. Check my phone. <laughs> all right. I think we, there wasn't really any of that. Wow. For, relentless. For, you call it, it relentless. It relentless. It was relentless. It didn't stop. But if I had to pick, I mean, the best performance of the night was New Magic Wand. Really? Uh, oh, it was amazing. He, uh, New Magic Wand, once again, one of Tyler's greatest tracks. He admitted on stage, he was like, this is the best thing I've ever recorded. Um, and, like, you know, if, you, if you're if you kind of a music nerd, you know you know what song's coming. He's talking about, like, all of, like, the layering and how he layers, like, five different melodies and how the low end comes in near, like, the latter half of the track. And if you know, you know. Like, like in my mind, I'm like, he's going to play fucking New Magic Wand, doesn't he? That's right. He, like, was, before the tracks, he was saying, like, 
oh, now this one was for him. I meant to make it this way, and this one I'd like to do. This, is, was... this was what was so cool about it, and what made it kind of in this interesting like career spanning. Because, Aaron, you and I have been talking about Tyler's career for a month now. We've just been extensively researching. Believe me, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny, because it felt like everything that we would talk we, we were talking about, he ended up, Tyler ended up dialoguing it back to us at the concert he was kind of curating yeah. and like kind of like taking us down memory lane yeah. and kind of being you know when he went into the old tracks he kind of talked about what didn't work about the old tracks what didn't what what he needed to do to kind of you know really become a great artist uh and yeah when he was talking about new magic wand he was talking about how like he didn't win the grammy for flower boy and how it was okay the album that did win i forget what won best rap album that year for 2019 for 2017 because Igor won twenty nineteen. That must have been like damn or something. or four forty four maybe something like yeah something that four forty four. Excuse me, absolutely not. Not uh, <laughs> uh, to to let to let that beat it. Oh, to let beat to let okay, beat yeah, the no, to let beat no, Flower, damn. Flower Boy is absolutely the record. Yeah, uh, it, uh, it's a great year. It's a great year. Igor takes it in twenty nineteen. In twenty well, and this is the story that he tells. He talks about the how video he, game controller. He mentions right. He says, "I feel like." Sorry, I just get into here. He says, uh, "I feel like you're giving your little brother the video game controller when you oh, say I have the best rap album. Why can't this just be the best album?" No, and he's totally right to yeah. say that. He's totally right to yeah. say that, and that's a conversation for maybe a little bit later. Yes, but at the show, he starts talking about he was with his friends in the elevator at the Grammys, and he says, "Listen, guys, don't worry, don't be sad. I know we didn't win this year. That's never." going to happen again <laughs> he lost losing what losing never losing. gonna happen losing he, is never gonna happen they're yet. not good they're not gonna lose the grammy the next time around they're taking the grammy home yeah. and that's when you know and that's he kind of goes into how he recorded igor because yeah. igor you know igor is in in my opinion it's his best album i think tyler feels that too and that's how he got that's how he brought us into new magic wand the hip-hop community still really cares about the grammys and i i i I love watching the Grammys. You know, honestly, we're going to have to do a Grammy episode because it's... <laughs> of course, of <laughs> the course. The Grammys are coming soon. But and I don't even know if we need to prepare for it. We just need to watch the Grammys. <laughs> but like, I don't even, like... I, I don't give a shit about who wins the Grammy anymore. I just want to see, you know, Casey Musgraves play the same night as Tom Waits. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or 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 Patti LaBelle. Or, and, and Tyler, the creator, do his acceptance speech in leopard print pants. Yep. Like, like that's what I'm there for. But it's interesting to, to well, me. Well, you know, you always wanted to win one, right? And you were talking about how, uh, you were just talking about Tyler's speech when he won for Igor. That's and right. about the, you yep. know, giving your little brother the unplugged controller. 100%. I think him, like, you know, that speech really just showed it, it was so it was such a concise way but also a very classy way to talk about how out of touch the grammys are because yeah. igor igor was the best record of 2019 igor was the best pop record of 2019 it went number it, once again he beat dj khaled and he beat with by beating dj khaled you've basically beat every pop musician in the industry now hang on a second do you really think igor is better than norman fucking rockwell i do do you think it's better than magdalene I do. Okay, well then that's the best. It, I, I, I do, I do. Yeah. I, I think yeah. there's one, what, fuck. Yeah, it, it's close, it's close, but I do think it's better than both those records. Uh, okay, so who'd you go with to the show? I went with my little brother, Connor, who is a huge, huge Igor fanatic. That is a sibling tradition. It is a sibling tradition. So cute. We've agreed since we, because I took Connor to see Igor because he loved that fucking record. My whole family loved that record. Amazing. This is, this dad is, too? Dad yeah, too? My dad wow. adored it. This is another. He loves horror movies though. He does. So that, that would be why. He does. He's the Frankenstein. And that's, that's the thing, man. Igor, it's, it, it's this cross-generational record that draws from so much that it has a little bit for everyone. Even though it's so fucking weird. 
there, there's no one who walks away from Igor without at least a new a new track. A new, uh, something that, you know, something to take home with you, right? But yeah, uh, ever since then, my brother and I have agreed that we're going to go to every single Tyler, the Creator show until one of us dies. Um, yes, you will outlive him. <laughs> you think so, <laughs> yeah, right? I, the way that he's going, I'm just joking. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Connor, he's just a, he's a mess. No, yeah, no, I, I meant Tyler. You uh, will outlive, you will out, you both will outlive Tyler. Uh, oh, we'll both outlive Tyler. Oh, yeah, 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 no. oh, I mean, no. we were talking about my oh, little that's brother. Dark. <laughs> you're like, you're going to bury your brother, Jared. <laughs> Connor, uh, I love you if you're there. Uh, I, well, what did your brother think of the show? Oh, he fucking adored it. He actually hadn't heard Call Me If You Get Lost before going to see it. So it was his first time hearing... A blind spot, if you will. A blind a spot. Blind spot uh, but, but it was his first time hearing something. Like when Sweet, uh, when I thought you wanted to dance came on, he turned to me. He's like, Jared, like I'm in a trance right now. And I'm like, yeah, man, it's a fucking awesome song. You should probably go listen to the record when you go home. Um, That's what concerts are for in a way. Like I'm not like, I'm the music guy or I consider myself a pretty big music guy. I'm not immune to what your brother experienced. Like sometimes I just don't have time to hear the new record. And there's so much going on. There's so much going on with our lives and so much music. And like, honestly, just be real with all of you 70% of the music I listen to is shit I already heard <laughs> I just love it I think we, I all, we all fall into that trap 100% right? but what's great is the affirmation of going to one of these concerts and being like yo is this the new album absolutely <laughs> and that's all you listen to for the next month absolutely and I'm sure that Con Connor will be listening to Call Me If You Get Lost I want to ask you one more question of course what's little bro's move at the show is he a <laughs> is he a hopper is he a dancer is he a headbanger he's an arm flailer <laughs> and he's respectful. He doesn't get in anyone's way. What do you mean, like wacky, uh, wacky, inflatable he, he, like, tube man? Like, exactly. It's a, for anyone who's see, like a the Family Guy. If you're a Family Guy, or yeah. if you're a Better Call Saul fan, he's very inflatable arms. Uh, it, it, that, that's Connor. That's Connor. He's he's a he's a he's a gangly boy. He wants to be seen by you know. You can see the arms. The artists can <laughs> see the arms. They can't really see a whole bunch of people jumping. They can make him up with the arms. And also, if it's like a song that you love and he loves too, he likes to put his arm around you and like kind of jump oh, up and down. Oh, that's nice. Yes. That's a good move. What do you do? What are you doing at Tyler's show? Oh, I I I I uh, <laughs> I, I I like to. I'm a I'm a headbanger, uh, and I also like to shake my hips a little bit. <laughs> I'm kind of like a palm tree. <laughs> that's that's what I would say. I want to I like get a good nine by sixteen Instagram story aspect ratio of the two of you in the frame. And just oh, it's it. gonna be a mess. Bert and Ernie, there's one flailing and one like hip swinging. You're asking for two white Southern Ontario boys to <laughs> dance for you. It's not gonna go well, my friend. It's not happening. It's not happening. You gotta love that. <laughs> I, I I wanted to ask you, uh, and like we've talked about this, and uh, you're gonna get the chance to talk about this right now because you were at the actual show. Uh, and by the way, fuck, I wish, I wish I was there, man. I'm going to, I will be at the next one. I mean, I've seen Tyler. I told you five times, but they've literally just been him on a stage. Well, the chances are the next show is going to be even better. So I mean, like, it will get more, it, it, <laughs> it, like it depends on his next album. I, I think what's, and I'll get back to my question, but the, 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 the next thing that Tyler needs to do is get on a bill with two other huge artists who are kind of different and they get now maybe sectioned off like Act one, act two, act three, and the final act, they all get to come out together. Are you talking like one of these kind of like mini festival Watch shows? Watch the Throne, gotcha. similar, you know, where or like, like the, when like you'll get Cage the Elephant and Beck and they'll be kind of doing the same, <laughs> obviously. You would call that a double bill? A double bill, A double yeah. bill. I was more so like, you know how like Watch the Throne, I don't, you weren't there, right? I wasn't, no. You're never going to see I've that. never seen Kanye, actually. We'll send you next time he comes on. <laughs> you have to. You know, we have a first oh, time, I'm we'll going. First time Kanye viewer. Yeah. But, but, but um, it would be Kanye West would come out. No, say they'd come out together, they'd do a few songs, then Kanye would do like 
his bangers, then Jay-Z would do his bangers, then they would meet again, and they would do a whole bunch of their songs, mm. and then they would split up again. I feel like we could use that for Tyler. Maybe match him up with ASAP Rocky. Do they, they would do Potato Salad. I think they have a few other songs together. They do. They, well, they have Who Dat Boy, they have Potato Salad. Yep. yep. Um, he's all, yeah, no, there's a couple. Of, but, there's like, couple. It's, they don't need that many songs. Like, they're, they're, Tyler, I would love to see Tyler as ASAP's hype man. For ASAP songs like Goldie and uh, uh, Pussy Money Weed and what, oh god, uh, uh, Fuck Sleep and LSD and it, like because he's got uh, ASAP's got kind of trippy. Um, he's very psychedelic. He's psychedelic. Loves Tame Impala as this Tyler, and then ASAP gets to be Tyler's hype man. That would be pretty you know what cool. I mean. They get to like kind of toss it off between each other. I feel like he, and then end it with Who Dat Boy. Maybe end it with like four, five songs yeah. that they could do together. Or, Maybe at that point they have an album out together, or like they're on remixes, um, and then someone gets to open up for them. But like it's it's always like for the past three, maybe four tours, just Tyler. Maybe Taco on the DJ decks. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Jasper on the. Maybe side. Jasper's being Maybe the Jasper's hype man. hanging out, but ah, he, I feel like he needs like this great double bill concert where you he, just get your mind blown he also loves bringing for his opening acts he also he loves bringing Callie and he loves bringing Vince why don't they do a goddamn song together on I stage? know so we're gonna get to that that's good <laughs> when we get to the categories but I need to ask you this question uh, so a lot of people are saying a lot of, not a lot of people the reviews <laughs> and the internet discourse is saying that Call Me If You Get Lost is a return to rap album Jared your thoughts on this yeah I take issue with that uh, I, I now obviously I'm not stupid. Call me if you get lost is obviously a very rap heavy record, uh, but people who I feel like people live in this bubble where they think that like in 2017 when Flower Boy released Tyler just stopped rapping, and like that didn't happen. He got better. Like I people people who like a lot of people will say that Igor isn't a rap record, and I I sometimes think that like they literally just heard Earthquake and like nothing else. Like it's like no Tyler didn't stop rapping. In fact, he got better he got mm. smarter yeah. also you hear a lot of people talk about like actually couldn't we, i want to pull up i want to pull up the verse of uh a uh, uh, verse in new magic wand because yeah. people always talk about how that like you know oh i miss when tyler was dark you know i i really miss when like tyler would like get like you know like you know he'd, he'd get violent and if you read some of the lyrics off igor like a new magic wand. He's talking about murder. I'm not going to read the lyrics yeah. out, but he's talking about murder. He's talking about how he's going to put down everyone in this love triangle, including himself. Like all of these things that you liked about Tyler never went away and he never stopped rapping. It never like, it, it's just, you know, he does a lot. Like I said, he's a maximalist artist. Mm. He combines a lot. But if you think that he just stopped, you're not paying attention. I feel that call me if you get lost is, is less so a return to rap and more so an affirmation of he's one of the best musicians that we have currently. And part of that package comes with the fact that he's one of the best rappers we have currently. And rappers are musicians. I hate this idea of like, you know, I hate when people are talking about how like, oh, Kanye's a, a better artist, but like Kendrick's a better rapper. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. What is What exactly does that mean? One plays words. <laughs> like, they both play with words. Yeah, they mean? both play with words. Like, I don't know. It's ridiculous. But my point is... Tyler never stopped rapping. That's very, that's very, that's very good, and it's very sharp. He, like, because you're basically saying, people are like, "Oh, he's rapping again." <laughs> like, like, dude, like, he never stopped. Stop rapping. He never <laughs> stopped. He never stopped. Now, now that being Flower Boy has some singing on it. Flower Boy does. Igor has even more, more singing. singing on it. Flower Boy. There are two songs. One was meant for Bieber, and he just didn't answer his text. The other, "See You Again," was meant for Zayn. 
right? So it's like very clearly supposed to be sung. But here's my thing with it's it, it's like at the, the singing and rapping with Tyler, they're kind of inseparable. Like when he's singing, you can still tell like you know he's singing like a rapper. He's singing, he's singing like, like a rapper. A ra he's like not he, like he's not like Barry Manilow. Like even on Earthquake, like you know, uh, I don't what do you get? Like he's like pulling with like what's that one fucking line? I don't uh. What do you uh, like? He's saying like cooperation, uh, confirmation on how you feel, blah blah blah. Like it's like he's still, yeah, like you just said, he's still rapping even though he's singing. And when he's There's a little melody in there, and when he's rapping, he's singing. What's your There's name? A singing, singing, rapping. Exactly. Yeah. What's your name's a rap track, but what's your name is so rooted in '90s R&B. Yeah, as you got Ty Dolla Signs on there, literally singing. Uh, no, not Ty Dolla Sign. <laughs> is it's, that no one's in there? No, it's um, what's his name? Uh, young boy. And, and uh, yeah, and uh, uh, never broke again. Yes, never broke again. Never broke. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, um, yeah, it's uh, but yeah, it's so it's so rooted in like kind of like that 90s kind of like <laughs> baby making R&B um yeah I don't know I don't know it's kind of inseparable of him he's just he's he's a renaissance man <laughs> he, thank you Larry King thank you Larry King you, look, you actually kind of look like Larry King <laughs> Everybody who wants to go check out what we look like, uh, like Smack Media. That's a weird compliment, but I, 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 I'm definitely taking it as a compliment. So your shoulders are okay, by the way. They're not above your head. That's like good. I'm glad. I'm glad. And I'm not going to say that Seinfeld got canceled. Oh, that's right. He's like, we were the number one show. We were the show. number one show. Um, I want to talk about some of the motifs of the album, and I, I'm sure a lot of them crossed over to the show. Absolutely. Um, there's the phone hotline. Yes. And it, like, it seemed like a lot of the earlier Odd Future work seemed to be really, really internet. You can download it. You were hard on Tumblr. And he's been moving away from that since, obviously, going to Europe and investing in high life and all of his ventures and projects. So, like, it's now all about vinyl and analog keyboards. Mm -hmm. And now we have, like, this beautiful idea of the phone. And not just the phone. But a phone without a screen mm -hmm. and a billboard with a phone number on it. And you would drive by the billboard. This is how he promoted his album. There was like, call me if you get lost and a big phone number. And you were meant to call the number. And I think it was his mom. Yeah, it might end up, because I never called it, but it yeah. might end up being like the mom, because there's a, a little skit. That's right. That's exactly what it was. Oh, the Lemonhead? It's, 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 no, it's called Mama Talk. Mama Talk. Mama and Talk. it's his mom basically talking about how he, how she would used to like beat up teachers and beat up kids <laughs> that were like fucking with her. It's great. That is so cool, right? That's that's absolutely one of the motifs. Um, you, uh, we talked about uh, Europe and more so travel. You know, there was the boat. There's the Rolls Royce. There is the beach. Uh, you mentioned passports as yep. a, like a, a recurring motif throughout. Probably the, album. the biggest passport. The uh, probably the biggest motif of the album is passports. And I guess travel also lends itself to opulence. Yep. What do you think he's trying to say about opulence and, and excess and huge amounts of wealth? Mm, well, um, the high life. On one end, it's fun. It's, uh, fun. it's, fun. Yep. it's just fun stuff to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think something that Tyler's been—he's actually been touching on this since Flower Boy, but he really hits it home on "Call Me If You Get Lost." Is opulence is fun? It's fun to get the most expensive car. It's fun to get the most expensive mansion. It's fun to get a boat just because you can get a boat. Uh, but it ends up just you're 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 trying to fill a void in yourself uh, that you're not going to fill. Uh, wealth doesn't equate to finding your identity. You have to you know explore yourself to find your identity. No, and all the money in the world can't help you kind of figure out who you are as a person. And I think that that's what opulence is displayed as on Call Me If You Get Lost. It's very much it's very much looked. It, Tyler's very much acknowledging that as much as he likes buying expensive cars, it's kind of his way of kind of not having to face what's going on in his personal life, whether it's his 
romantic uh, life, uh, his stance on politics, um, totally. his uh, his relationship with his public perception. Identity. Identity. Well, we're yeah. going to get to that, but I, mean, I guess that's why you call it Call Me If You Get Lost. Yeah. Maybe he's lost. Yeah. And I think also it's kind of meant to be sort of like, a, hey, listen, I know what it's like to be lost. So if you get lost... Don't drown yourself in materialism. Mm-hmm. And I've got some songs for you if you need some help. <laughs> like, yeah. 100%. Boy, do I have a movie for you. <laughs> uh, right? Um, I want to talk about his persona. I mean, that was, that's sort of the last piece of the puzzle to understanding this tour, this album, this era. Um, we've talked about Charles Baudelaire. He's actually, Tyler's actually billed on the poster as Tyler's Bold, Tyler Baudelaire. Tyler Baudelaire, yeah. Very cool. If anybody isn't on Wikipedia right now trying to spell Baudelaire. <laughs> uh, Char- Charles Baudelaire was the 19th was a 19th century French poet. Uh, some would call him the original edgelord. <laughs> uh, according to Pitchfork, he was originally banned for being too explicit. Baudelaire was prosecuted for indecency. Enemy uh, pushed the comparison even further, saying that both artists are fixated on the struggle between romance and realism, luxury and love, beauty and death, Talents and controversies. Just a brilliant, brilliant comparison uh, to be pulling from. It's a great allegory. Right? Great allegory. Uh, Tyler's shock value and the things that he said, we've kind of talked about those in the intro, how much he's been banned and this and that and all the sort of, uh, <laughs> like the authorities that have been pushing back on him, is totally central to this Tyler Baudelaire persona. He's definitely commenting on it. It's definitely contextualizing his show, his music, his persona. Uh, his album, obviously. I wanted to ask you, and uh, you were at the show. How has Tyler matured, and how do you think this uh, persona compares to Igor? Interesting. How has Tyler matured? Um, well, he really, once again, the show. It almost there's a lot of like spoken word, just Tyler talking to the audience, and just kind of him reflect. I think he's become a lot more introspective as he's gotten older. And I think that comes out in his music. And I think that also just comes out in his public persona and his interviews. He's not screaming at uh, BBC reporters that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> saying that uh, my music ain't for old fucks like you or whatever the hell he said to that one BBC. Re- I, I don't know. He, <laughs> he, 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 you know, as you, you know, when you're young, you're volatile, you're angry. You don't quite know why you're angry. And it kind of feels like Tyler has, has, has put a lot of thought into himself and the world around him. He got, has gone from being apolitical to kind of like, you know, he kind of cares about what's going on in the world. Mm. Um, he's gone from being, what, like I said, this very volatile figure to the kind of this sort of like sensitive, introspective soul who, yeah, he's still got the, bragged, the braggadocio, the bravado. Uh, you know, he's, he's not, he's, he's definitely one to flex. But, you know, he's, you know, I think he, I think, I think he also sees how influential he is on the youth. And how his way of expressing himself and his identity has become such an influence on, you know, young people. And I think he doesn't take that for granted as much he, as he may have, you know, in the, uh, the latter of the, uh, the early half of the 2010s. Does that answer your question? Totally. Okay. Uh, was, that, was that fairly omnipresent in the show? He was commenting on that a lot. Super right? omnipresent. I think the last thing he said was don't, before he walked out, he said, don't let anyone put you in a box. Don't let anyone think that you can't switch it up. Your identity is your identity. Don't let anyone dictate that to you. <laughs> it was really profound, actually. It was really, it was really it's, nice. It sounds like something Pharrell would say. Yeah, it, it does. It sounds like something Pharrell has been saying 
forever. Yeah, it and, does. And you can tell that. You I know, didn't even make that connection. Tyler definitely graduated from the school of Pharrell in like <laughs> in a lot. Well, of he ways. says one of his, and he, he says this on the album at one point. It's like kind of like in the background of Run It Up. It's like you can hear Tyler like he's like talking like, oh, no, yo, I, 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 I don't, I, you know, I, I fuck things up. I fuck, I just fucking go. Just fucking go is a huge thing. That's like one of Tyler's mantras. And the person who taught him that was Pharrell. Well. He, yeah, he said, you know, Pharrell told him, hey man, just fucking go. Just be yourself and. Yeah, Pharrell's clearly influenced him as a person. And as, like, a, a renaissance man, Pharrell has sneakers and designs things. And, and Tyler is definitely pulling from there as well. And I believe Pharrell's actually helped him in that sphere. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to do the categories. Amazing. Uh, one last break. Okay, we're at the categories. We, uh, You know, uh, basically, we're going to be breaking down the show and giving out awards to the best stuff and kind of all of the research that we've been doing. Uh, I was not at the show. I don't know how many times I have to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you you weren't at the show? I was actually, maybe I was. Oh, yeah, wow, yeah, you was. were hiding. Maybe <laughs> I was. I was in Drake's box. <laughs> <laughs> everyone on my, in everyone who, who I follow and follows me on Instagram was at the show. I was like messaging people yeah. at the story. I was like, you were at the show too? And everything that, it's always, yeah, man, it was my first show in two years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 18,000 people, you're going to get a couple crossovers. Absolutely. It sold out too, right? It, it, it wasn't look, quite it sold out. out. Oh, no. It wasn't quite the sold out. The nosebleeds, the balcony was a little empty. It was, it was, I would say it was actually a little bit more empty in general admission. What the hell? But the, the nosebleeds and everything, like it was packed. Oh, it was packed. So that means that general admission was at capacity and they could, that everyone was just fucking squeezing. That makes more sense. Yeah. And like, that makes more sense. You imagine Ticketmaster was like, there's room. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, sell. If it wasn't I sold out, it was sold if out. it wasn't sold out, it was close That's to sold bizarre. out. If it was, okay, but okay. All right. So I, I wasn't at the show. But I did some pretty good research on the social media and like reviews. Yeah, it pretty much sounds like you you could have just said you were at the show and <laughs> nobody know. would have told the difference. Defamation. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, but the, the the moments that people really felt in the crowd, I kind of was collecting these. It's all over the sub, not to give away where I'm getting all my stuff. Um, but okay, so this tour, people have been throwing things on stage. Jared, tell everybody what hit the stage on Friday. <laughs> uh, there was a cheese Danish. A, there was a cheese Danish. There was a cheese Danish. How did they get that in? <laughs> I, I I have no idea, but Tyler was flattered. He was at, he said big he, pastry fan. Always big, talking about how much he loves Europe for the pastries. Big big pastry fan. Uh, yeah. So cheese Danish. Why not like blueberry or like like the guy threw up. Okay, you never see a cheese Danish. It was, it was he said he said it was a little white girl. That's what he little said. White girl. Little, little, little white girl. What do you got, little white girl? Is what he said, and then he thought it was a cheese Danish. And he's he like. Did. He did not eat it. He didn't eat it because okay. he, he was like, you might be trying to kill me, but I'm yeah. so flattered. That's I'm the so... right move. You don't eat the cheese. No, of course you don't eat the cheese Danish. <laughs> that's not, not, a, not a good the call. The parallel universe where Ch Tyler does eat the cheese Danish the and then Danish. just starts like foaming at the mouth. Oh, and no. just like, the show's over, people. Well, no, <laughs> it's what, national the, news. The little white girl like morphs like, and she's get actually- Get her on the floor. She's actually like Damien from The Omen. Oh, like, just like- <laughs> <laughs> So, he, so what does he do? He doesn't eat the Danish. He, he makes jokes about it. He makes jokes. He says thank you so much. He's flattered. He asks who in the crowd wants it. Y'all probably got COVID. Y'all probably because everybody's like shouting like yo, everyone wants it. He's like y'all got COVID. Y'all are nasty. He throws the Danish into the crowd. Everyone starts mobbing for it. Like the mosh pit area is like trying to grab the Danish. He's like yo, Toronto, you're all fighting over this Danish. Y'all are crazy. <laughs> So that was that was a that was a moment. I'm gonna play the clip, honestly. Yes, please. Is this a cheese thing? I'm not gonna eat this because you might be trying to kill me. But I appreciate it. Thank you, man. This is probably a cheese thing. Look, that's so nice. 
nigga with great beat spit on it. And she kept it. That's nice. Give her a hand for this motherfucking cheekbone. I'm not gonna eat this shit, but thank you. Who wants this cheek danish? Oh, all y'all got COVID. Y'all fucking nasty. This big ass nigga, you don't need this nigga. You need a damn juice. Um, I was gonna ask you. If you got the Danish, would you take a bite? No, <laughs> that's no, gnarly, no. right? Yeah, no, no. And, and once again, I, I don't, I, I don't think anyone had nine out of ten people probably don't have bad intentions. But no, I'm not eating the Danish. I'm not, e- but I'm thankful for it. I'm not gonna lie to you. If it was like a sweet Danish, I might take a bite. I mean, I might, if it was like no a one nice would hold it with like powdered sugar on it, like I no might one like, would hold it against that's you. a bit more invited. Cheese Danish sounds like something you get from the Metro on discount. I think it was, it looked like it was from Starbucks. Uh, like just, uh, cause you could kind of see the packaging. Just unbelievable. Like uh, a brown bag. Yeah. It was like, or it was like a white bag with like, kind of like, uh, and it looked like the Starbucks logo on it, but I could have been wrong. And uh, to that girl, if it was like actually this really like fine, like, you know, like if you went to like cherry bomb or something on like Roncy to get that J- Danish, I'm so sorry. I'm so, <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. Your hard work deserves to be recognized. I just, from where I was sitting, it looked like Starbucks. Um, he commented on the snow. It was sn- uh, dude. Honestly, by the way, welcome to Toronto, March 11th. It's snowing. <laughs> t- 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 Tyler comments on the snow. Right? He goes, "The fucking snow." Well, first he commented on the trains. He commented right, on right, he right, going right, on the right. trains. Uh, what did he say? I think he was like talking about how like it was like like why is it you can only get like the westbound train on one side and the eastbound train on the other side? He didn't say eastbound and westbound, but he was basically talking about how hard it is to catch a train in Toronto. Is he talking about the streetcar? He might have been talking about the street. I didn't quite like ca- the go train. He was just saying that whatever train he was talking about, he was saying it's weird in Canada. Is what he, is what he was saying. One. This guy knows a lot about transportation, as we've said before. He does know. <laughs> he's def- He's a transportation connoisseur. Uh, was there any other funny stuff he said? Uh, I'll, I mean, the part that had me that absolutely killed me was uh, the orange hoodie incident, uh, which was <laughs> fucking hilarious. Uh, he was talking about how he's like, "There's this guy." There's this guy in the front row. He was using the N word quite a bit. Uh, uh, but uh, good job, yeah. same guy. Like, that's the safest thing to do. Uh, no, <laughs> it's the right thing to do. Right, right. Um, but uh, he was like, "There's this guy in the front row. There's the guy in the front row, and he's like, you know, you can tell he's trying to like look hard and all that. But like, dude, you're wearing this orange hoodie, and it's so pretty. Like, it's hard to take you seriously because you're like really pretty, dude." <laughs> And then the camera flashed on the guy, and he's laughing, and he's, like, covering his face because he doesn't want the camera to see. He's like, no, dude, no, dude, you're pretty, you're pretty. Um, And then also there was this one dude who apparently came from Mexico, and he was like, dude, why the fuck didn't you just go to L.A.? Why did you come all the way from Canada to Canada from Mexico? Like, I'm flattered. Thank you. But, dude, like, L.A.'s, like, right beside you. Just go there. So that was pretty great. He also signed someone's eager record, which was nice. He signed someone's ego record. Yes. I, I have video of that as well. That's yeah, he's he is very funny. He is hilarious. He is funny. Like he could actually he could probably do stand up. You could get him a sit order ten episodes of a sitcom. Absolutely. <laughs> well he already did well, he did Loiter Squad. Show, Loiter Squad. He's been on uh, Which uh, Eric you, Andre. For the record, if you like Eric Andre or if you like Tim and Eric, you should go watch some Loiter Squad. Is it good? It's hilarious. Wow. It's hilarious. I remember uh like yeah, around when Flower Boy came out, I started checking out some of the Loiter Squad stuff and it's so funny. Uh, yeah, definitely check out Loiter Squad. Uh, okay, next category. The Smothers Brothers Award <laughs> for Best Practical Effect. This is anything that was on the stage that wasn't a person that was basically like his, I, I guess you would call it, I don't know, a gimmick. Like, 
And a fact, like, like you know, it could be any... I mean, there's a few candidates here, because he had a lot of them, as we were saying. It's a big-scale show. Uh, there's pyrotechnics. Mm-hmm. There was a waterfall of sparks. Oh, so cool. There was the boat that brought him to the beach. There was an actual Rolls Royce on stage. There was... A wraith. He made sure to let us know it was a wraith. It was a wraith. Thank yes. you. It was a wraith. Um, there was... Uh, somebody built a house... For him on the stage that he and it would like light up. The house did stuff. Yeah, it did all kinds of stuff. Like you would get like kind of like light coming in from the doors to kind of make it look like to kind of add the illusion of it being an actual house. It would like light up like Christmas during some songs. It was because he went in the house. He went in the house. He was on the stairs. It was crazy. It was crazy. Oh, just unreal. And this is before the boat came out. What's the, what? Who are you giving the award to, Jer? Gotta be the boat. It's gotta be the boat. Why the boat? Uh, it's simple. The boat's so dope. How do I, they do that? I don't. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. And once again, it's this attention to detail. Aaron, I've been talking to you about this. It's such a little thing, but the boat, like it was rocking, like it was in water. No one cares. Like no one cares <laughs> at that point. Like, you mean like after he got out of the boat, after it was got, still it's rocking. Still rocking. Wow. And it's like, like, like he didn't have to put that much work into it. They're like, like we, we're all just amazed that he's rapping on a boat. But the fact that he made it, that the team made it look like it was on water, I just, I was amazed by it. I, it was just, I, I, I was fixated on it. He would be performing and I'd still be looking at the goddamn boat and I'd be like, is it still rocking? So I, I gotta give it to the boat. I gotta give it to the boat. You know who wasn't amazed by it? Who? Pittsburgh. Why? <laughs> well, because he had to cancel the show because the, oh. venue, the venue couldn't accommodate the boat. Right. By the way, that's such like a... a boss visionary move they're like sorry we just can't do the show if i can't have the boat and i can't have the house and the sparks what's the point of me just going and doing the set it's it i see his point it it's sucks integral it sucks for the people at pittsburgh it does suck but I, I i get it i understand actually you know what this is now the perfect time to give somebody a shout out because as i told you i've been skulking the subreddit i wish tyler would have, i know who you're about to talk about i wish tyler would have shouted him out but right because he asked for it so i just let everybody know uh um so yeah as i mentioned tyler had to cancel his philly show uh, so I came across a tweet from Twitter name Junie's brother handle at G Holmes eight four one. If you're listening, we love you, uh, <laughs> Tyler. This is his tweet. Tyler, we are fighting adversity and driving to Toronto since the Pittsburgh show was canceled. My twelve year old daughter is your number one fan, and I'm not fucking up her Xmas gift by not giving it all my giving it my all and finding a way to see you. It's gonna happen this Friday. Shout out, maybe her name is Maya. Yo, let's give this. Let's give this guy a hand. Yeah, absolutely a hand. amazing. That's a good dad, right That's there. That's an That's amazing good, dad. Junie's brother fighting adversity and just driving five hours in the snow to come to an arena that could actually handle a real show. Wow. <laughs> Just it just that's commitment. I wish my dad did that. <laughs> actually, honestly, my dad did do that for me when I was twelve. U two sold out in under a minute, and he took us to U two in Seattle. And Hats off to Philip. <laughs> I'm surprised you remember my dad's name. Of course. Uh, the, the next category, uh, the Gordon from School of Rock Roadie Award for Best Backstage Team Player. Now, these are your background guys that make the show possible. We want to give them a little bit of credit here. Your contractors, your nine-to-fivers, the venue staff, maybe if they helped somebody out that really needed it. Sound guys, security, the video crew. Uh, who, who's it going to, Jer? I think whoever's rocking the lights. Like the lights were good. Like first of all, that's a tough set to light because there's just so much going on. And all of the the openers had really good lights too. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, and just yeah, complex. Like the house was lighting up. There's just so much going on with the light. I mean, like every show, like once again, every show has pretty lights. So it's kind of a case of if it's jumping out at me, 
and I've gone to a lot of concerts. If the lights is like something that I'm like, wow, this is great. That's something I got to shout out. So were we getting strobe? Were we getting like colors? You're getting everything. Oh, wow. You're getting they, everything. They ran the gamut. Yeah, they did ran the gamut. Uh, but yeah, strobe. Lighting sure. guys? Lighting guys? Well, yeah, I got to give it to the lighting guys. Not the butler? Butler was great. The butler was great. Butler, but the, <laughs> the, yeah, butler was the, butler, the butler was just like the cherry on top, you know? Like yeah. the, the butler was like, like it was just, it was just another little detail. Who do you trust with your show more? The people, the, the team that worked on the boat? Or the team that worked on the lights? I want to say the boat, but I think it's got to be the lights. It's got to be the lights. It's got to be the lights. Because that can kill a show. Like, like bad lights, man? That's not good. That's not That could kill any. That could kill a film. Right. Kill a live Can't performance. Pittsburgh, by the way, that's your out. You just be like, hey, Tyler, we have lights here. <laughs> <laughs> you can still do the show. No boat, but we got lights. We got lights. Hey, we got lights. It's still a good show, apparently. <laughs> Listen to Jared. Uh, okay. Award for best keepsake. If by some divine right you get a T-shirt before they sell out, or you catch something thrown into the crowd, honestly, any item you get to take home anything from the night, including the boat. What would it be? Best keepsake. Well, uh, nothing from fucking merch. Like, <laughs> which wait, which is surprising. That is surprising. Right, like, 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 like he got this, clothing company. This is my exactly. This is my one nitpick with the show. And listen, listen. One of the greatest shows I've ever been to, like, like hands down, like, it, what, like one of the, what a way to go back to live performing, uh, to live yeah, performances. Yeah, yeah. But if there was one nitpick, it was like, what the fuck? There was no merch. My brother was talking about how great the Igor merch was. You could buy a wig, you could buy like there was so much there. With the Call Me If You Get Lost tour, it was one T-shirt with the album cover, which the album cover is great. I don't know Tyler's ID on a T-shirt. It's cool. <laughs> I kind of want a few more options, but it was literally just that t-shirt and a couple different colors and then uh, a hoodie with, you know, Call Me If You Get Lost with like kind of a star banner. That kind of, uh, that logo's been yeah. all over the music videos. It's cool, but that's it. That's Yo, give me some furry hats. Furry hats. Where are the furry, furry hats? hats? A landline. Give me telephone. Where, and you know what? Listen, there were a couple merch stands. I only went to a couple of them. Maybe I was missing some stuff, but I was looking around the show and like I saw a couple people in furry hats, but I don't think they bought the furry hats at the show. I think they just brought they it brought because, them. yeah. It feels like a Live Nation move where it's almost like... Uh, oh, I don't blame Tyler. No, I, don't... I, feel, I feel like Tyler spent so much time, effort, energy on his uh, stage and all of his effects. He was probably like... Oh, fuck the merch. Okay, put my face on the shirt. We gotta go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wait, which is so weird because Tyler's like a fashion I, designer, I, I, right? Yeah, he Golf Wang. Golf. And he also owns Golf LaFleur, which makes cologne and luggage. You tell me you can't put a jacket together? Uh, seriously. <laughs> like, and like, golf, like, uh, uh, like anyone who has seen the clothing that Tyler puts out, it's some pretty cool shit. He's been dressing good these days. He, absolutely. Uh, okay, the Upstage Award for Best Opening Act. Because oh. there was, there was once again, there was Tizo Touchdown, there was Cali Uches, and there was Vince Staples. Listen, Tizo, lots of energy. Very, very, very good stage persona. Very good stage presence. Uh, the material wasn't quite there. Uh, and I don't know how long he's been at it. I don't know much about Tizo Touchdown. I know he's on Run It Up, and he gives a great performance on Run It Up. Run It Up was actually the song he closed off on, uh, mm. that Tyler closed off on. Mm. Very good. Uh, points for energy could use some more material. Could use some better material. Yeah. Vince Staples, very good. Wow. Very, and in a, Vince Staples in an arena, very very good. Yeah. Really good. He's 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 one of the finest we have. Oh, absolutely. Good set. Yep. Great great set. Engaging. He engaged with the crowd. Engaged a lot with the crowd. Yeah. It's got to go to Cali. Wow. It's got to go to Cali. People UHS. were losing their fucking minds. People were losing. <laughs> there was this. Okay, so I'm going down because my uh, God bless you, Connor. 
Um, <laughs> Connor got lost uh, in the Scotiabank Arena, so I had to go out and find him. It was right after the Vince Staples set. Uh, now, keep in mind, there's about 10 minutes between Vince Staples and Caliuchez. Right at the end of the Vince Staples set, I catch this one girl, and she is losing her shit for Callie. She is just cheering, Callie, 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 just losing her mind. Her friend ended up having to get up and be like, okay, you got to stop. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I started pissing myself because this girl was just absolutely like losing her shit for Callie. Little did I know when Callie came out, that was going to be the whole crowd. Wow. Like, I like I knew people were, like, if you like Tyler, you probably like Callie Uchez. I wasn't expect like, she had the audience in the palm of her hand. Mm. Like, absolute, total control. Yeah. She's so, you look at her and you're like, how is she not, like, like the, like the most popular pop artist alive right yeah. now? And maybe it's because her music's just a little bit too weird. Oh, <laughs> I love it. I think it's so cool. It's a bit futuristic. It is. You were saying it's like she's. It felt like you were watching an alien goddess. Yes, it did. It did feel like I was watching an alien goddess. And she had these dancers out, and it was like kind of like it was like a, it was like she had this troupe of four dancers that were kind of like you know imitating her movements and doing their own thing. And it was kind of this mix of like interpretive dance and devised theater. And it was just, I was fascinated. I was fascinated. It was, it was a really, really great set. And seriously, like every body movement, every note, every like, you know, just, just like kind of like flick of her hand. Just flick of her wrist. Like, everyone's screaming. Everyone's losing their oh. shit for Caliuchez. It was crazy. It her was music crazy. is amazing, too. It, oh, like, Isolation? What a record. Uh, it's, what a record. Uh, and her new uh, her new record is really good, too. I actually made a playlist of the set list so I can listen to it, uh, of, of what she played, and it was like, wow. She played a Kate Renata song. She, yep. played, uh, she played After the Storm. <sighs> yeah. It, and then it, she finished it with... Uh, Telepatia. Yeah. Which is her new single, like, her last big single. Which is, like, a which was a radio hit, thanks to TikTok, which I was so yeah, happy. TikTok blew it's, it. It's got, like, yeah. hundreds of millions of listens on streams on Spotify. I was that is a wicked song. Yeah, it's a great song. Uh, last award, the Canadian audience meter. This is the the rating we give as Canadians who are often cited as a very tough crowd to play for. Uh, but it sounds like we did pretty good. We on did Friday. pretty good. I mean, yeah, we, all, you never know what you're gonna get with a Canadian crowd. We famously talked through the uh, Radiohead moment of silence in 2018 for their dead drummer technician. So we can be kind of assholes. That's that's five Radiohead references, by the way. Will there be more? Who knows? I mean, <laughs> you never know. Uh, you never know. Uh, but it's you throw a millennial and a white kid together. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Radiohead Central. Uh, but uh, no, it it uh, no uh, the. Can Canadian audience did pretty good. We were we were representing. It was a good. Sh- I, I was proud to be a Torontonian, and because we were losing our shit, but we were also very respectful. We weren't hurting each other. We were, uh, you know, you can see in general admission people were moshing, but like you know, it was fun and it was eclectic. They're like, pa- there were like you know, parents taking their kids, their twelve year olds, to come see fucking Tyler the Creator. It was it was great. It was amazing. Sounds like that was uh, the scenario for a few people. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, they have it's a pretty like kind of controversial fan base. Just three four years ago, maybe less. Pandemic kind of cl- clouds things for me. But they boo Drake at Flop, <laughs> and, and he's very embarrassed. Now, this did not stop Drake from going to the show. Apparently on Friday night, he I, was in the box, wasn't he? They say that people saw him in the box. Like a, a lot of the uh, the news about Drake on Friday is that he wore a an Igor chain. A custom Igor chain. Apparently, he loves Igor. But wow, I did not know. No, none of the none of the publications could verify that he was actually there. But a lot of people in the Tyler the Creator subreddit were saying like, uh, 
Yeah, everyone saw Drake in his box. Drake showed up for Tyler. I can imagine <laughs> him being there, uh, which is, I don't know. I love hearing about that. I love hearing about, like, celebrities. Just artists artist. paying tribute. Just come, sh- come into the show. And yeah. you, you know Drake has a box there because of all the stuff he does with the Raptors. Um, you think Drake would have been safe? <laughs> from the Tyler fans, or the, or yeah, the, I think yeah. he would have been fine. I right. think I, I think the I think the dust is cleared. I think I think it was less Tyler fans that were freaking out, and it was more Frank Ocean fans because Frank Ocean fans were supposed to be there, right? Yeah, the, the Frank Ocean fans are on on, a, on another level. Like we, the, like there, there's a lot of Tyler worship, but like Frank Ocean's like a literal deity. Like Moses, he's like Moses. <laughs> I, I I feel like uh, now I know why Drake wore the chain. Because as soon as the angry mob comes up, it's like uh, it's like the mummy. Look, like come on, I'm a fan. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm a fan. It's like garlic or a cross. <laughs> Igor is for the look, people. Igor is for the people. See, I like Igor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's no, it's great. It's Drake, great. Uh, Jared, do you have anything else? Is there anything else that we didn't get to talk about? Uh, no. Anything you want to add? I just like <laughs> if you weren't there, make sure you catch him next time because he is like the stage performer to see right now. Like, like if not the, like, he's in the top five. Mm. It's a must-see concert. A must-see concert. And Caliuchas, too. If Caliuchas comes to town, worth seeing. Oh, fuck. Go see Caliuchas. Yeah. Oh, God. Amazing. Unbelievable. Jay, Jared, that was our first episode. Thank you so much. Oh, of course. Thank you so much. Happy to be back from Mitski. Everybody, thank you so much. Uh, you can catch us at smackmedia.ca. Check out our website. Uh, follow us on socials. Make sure you like and subscribe. We have more episodes coming up. We'll be back next week for Nick Cave and Mitski. Oh, my God. I am so excited for Mitski. Oh, I'm sure you are. Uh, thank you very much, everybody. Take care.